Ladies and gentlemen, Akin Fenwars and Ben Arfars, welcome to Worldy. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 25 of the Worldly Podcast. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Roberts. Good evening. Sitting across on the other side of the table from me today, he's about to tell us all about things that have been happening in the Football League because... Because? I've been very focused on what's been happening at Reading because, inexplicably, we managed to get ourselves a victory at home. Did you? We did. Well, we'll hear about that later Yes, on, we'll hear about that. But first of all... Uh, what's been going on in the Football League? I did see a big result in League Two starring uh, Macclesfield Town at yes. home to Carlisle. Yes, in Macclesfield, their first win of the season. Uh, I actually don't know what the score was. I just know it was 2 1. Was it 2 1? Yeah. Was it in the end? Yeah. So Macclesfield won 2 uh, 1 uh, uh, at, at home to Carlisle, Indeed, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they've not won all season. Actually, two weeks ago, they, they sacked their manager. Um, whose name will come back to me uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, they, they sacked their manager two weeks ago. Um, Mark Yates. It was okay, Mark yeah, Yates yeah. They, they sacked. He was former Cheltenham town manager, I think. Um, they sacked him. He he was actually, weirdly, he was put in charge at the start of this season because their manager from last season, so the manager who won them the football conference, yeah. uh, 10 points clear they won the conference last season, uh, apparently with one of the smaller budgets in the division as well. Um, their manager who took them there um, then... In June, so like a month after getting them promoted, uh, promptly then signed a contract with Shrewsbury Town. Well, that is that is brutal. Yeah, that is brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, you can't really have a go at the guy. He's got, you know, he's going from from a, a club that bounces backwards between like conference and league two a lot up into a, a league one a progressive league one club you can't argue him with that with to be honest with you but still brutal for Macclesfield fans and so not only did they lose their manager they then went on the most horrendous run so I think it's like 30, oh 13 games without sorry yeah Oof. 13 games without a win and half of those were defeats so they, um I think they were the last team in the football league uh to to be without a win. Yeah, right? so that was so yeah, yeah. So now everybody in the football league now has a win. Macclesfield were the last people to do that. So um, yeah, so I mean, so sacking their manager is 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 done the job. I think they've they've currently only got um, caretakers in charge, like coaches or whatever right, in yeah. charge at the moment. But um, yeah, so big news for them that was uh, not so great for Carlisle. Um, no, but indeed. they've got to come up against them at exactly the wrong time. But no idea whether or not it was Mark Yates that was kind of the problem or the blockage there. Um, you know, he had a reasonable time. I think. It, yeah, I think he was it definitely at Cheltenham. I think maybe Crawley. He was it at one point as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't have any memory of him being a terrible manager. But he wasn't having a good time. So yeah. So big news for Macclesfield. They finally got their 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 win on the board, which was. I mean, I'm sure they're still massively far adrift at the foot of the table. But yeah, they indeed are. But it is interesting, and and I think having a manager who's on to something good moving on, I always think is a little bit sad because the same thing with Dean Smith at Brentford, right? Like, yes. Just thought. He's on to a good thing there. And Brentford, who who I'd seen at the, at the Podeski this year, a decent side. He's obviously got them in a decent spot. And off he pops, you know? And off he pops. Of to Villa? That's, to Villa. That's to Villa. And him? at the moment, is that, a, is that a move up? I don't even know. Well, I mean, it's one of those... I'm just going to... 
kind of echoes thoughts I had about um, about Kemar Roof going to Leeds United. Because I love the way that Kemar Roof gets a mention on every single podcast. Because I, I fucking <laughs> love him. Because um, him going to Leeds, for me, was like, they're a basket case. Why the hell would you go yeah. to Leeds of all football clubs? I mean, admittedly, they've had a takeover since he was there. But but like of all the places to go, but there, I guess there's something about the size of that stadium, the the the, the size of the the support that they get, and just in just the name. Yeah, there's an imperceptible thing, you know. Like maybe it's not even that his contract is that amazing or whatever, but you are part of a bigger club. That's how it feels, I guess, for those guys. And Leeds United, wherever they are, like you said, big ground, big crowd, big name. Yeah, and, and, you know, Aston Villa are one of the biggest clubs in the history of English yeah, football. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole end sold out is is a ridiculous sight, you know, because it's yeah. one of those big, long, single tiers like the Carp. I mean, it's just... I always like going there for England games when they were on their tour, like while they were building Wembley. I always yeah. like going to, uh, to Aston Villa. I've not actually been to Villa Park. It's cool, it's been. very old-fashioned, but yeah. it's like, it feels cool. Like, it feels yeah. like a real football stadium. Um, but yeah, so, um, so you know, so you can, I think you can understand because this is the other thing as well is that we always look through, as it's, it's supporters, we always look at football through our kind of blinkered, you know, I'm a supporter of this team and in the romance of the kind of the obscure shit like yeah. lower league football teams but actually if you're in football um it's it's, it's the peak you know the premier league's the peak and it's the big clubs they're the big draw because you he gets to turn around d smith gets to turn around and say i managed aston villa football club yeah i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. not that many people in the world have managed aston villa football club and you Very know that true. is that is that there is a degree of kudos there, and there's no disrespect to Brentford. They're a Brentford or a, a quality club, but you know, you wouldn't. I don't yeah. think. I don't think you could turn down Aston Villa. I no, I get. I, I, I guess not. I, there's sort of romance, though. I just think that whenever you see something like, well, we were talking about it with Tisdale, weren't we, as well? Like, but you people can't stay doing the same thing forever, can they? It's no. just not not really feasible. Um, uh, Plymouth Argyle lost again at home to Burton Albion. The poor old Pilgrims. It's a tough time, isn't it? So they, I mean, we we obviously spoke about them after Oxford's game. They they were so bad, and and you know, they were up against a really poor side, and we made them look ordinary. And and I mean, we you know it was the right time for to, for us to play them. Yeah. But I, they I think they've got a long way back. They're going to have to do something quite soon. I think seven points from from fourteen now yeah. for the Pilgrims. Um, there was a an interesting game actually, uh, Doncaster versus Gillingham. So that game ended three all. Okay. Oh, Donny towards the top of the table, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think they're in the in the uh, in the playoffs at the minute. Check out these match stats. Go it's, on. it's fucking brilliant. Okay, <laughs> so Doncaster uh, three, Gillingham three. So possession fifty nine forty one in favour of Doncaster. Nothing major there. Okay. <laughs> uh, Doncaster shots thirty two. Oh. Shots on target, 13. Oh. Goals, 3. Wow. Gillingham, okay. shots, 3. On target, <laughs> 3. Goals, 3. Well, you, that's how you play football, friends. There's that is how it goes. See, that is. Look, there's only one stat that counts, Andy, and it's the one in the top left corner of the screen, unless you're on that weird channel that has it in the bottom left. What is that about? I, I hate that yeah, so much. I, I don't, don't pay for crap like that anyway. <laughs> But like, just like that is you've got, that is a battering. 32, 32 shots, thirty-two shots, thirteen on target at home, um, and a team who's only had three shots somehow 
and you score three of them, they score... Oh, that's fucking... Well, I love that so much. I, I am really going gonna to give you something else to love. Yeah. Because when we talk about Reading versus Millwall, you will see not dissimilar stats. <laughs> okay, that's good news. Uh, so we'll be back to that in just a moment. Also, uh, another... We're jumping around here, but I'm just going for all the interesting games. Yeah, yeah, Why yeah. not? Yeah. Talking of the championship, yeah. two people that are of interest to us faced off against each other. Um, FLDC... Oh yeah, Frank Lampard's yeah. DC. Yeah, so uh, always worth seeing what what he's doing in his in his sharp suit and yeah. his uh, rat like face. <laughs> uh, up against a good old friend of yours, Mister Chris Wilder. Oh yeah, appearing oh, there yeah. for Chef. Because that was the early game as well, wasn't it? It was. It was a televised match. Yeah. So there was much excitement. You know, there's Wilder looking sort of. Like a shit. Belligerent <laughs> yes. in the corner, and just angry. sort of scowling. Yeah. Lampard, ready for a for a big old game. Uh they come out. I think the general feeling was that, that Derby were gonna get a, a going, you know? Like this was a game that they was gonna be a tough one for them. Yeah, they, well, Chris Wilder, the wily character, he's been exactly. he's knocked around the lower leagues, he's he's done it in the conference, yeah. he's done it in the in league two, he's done it in league one, he's now that this guy has fought his way to fight <laughs> himself in the championship. He's the terrier of lower league football. And up against fancy Dan Frank Lampard, <laughs> surely this was to be a fantastic story no uh, Derby scored within 19 seconds I think it's one of the fastest goals in, in uh, championship history 19 seconds a lovely goal absolutely zero defending whatsoever uh, so that sounds familiar yeah so Chef uh, you know conceded that goal without touching the ball which was uh, pretty pretty funny as far pretty as I concerned lovely stuff uh, and directly involved in the goal as he was in uh, the goal that was scored against Reading at the start of the season Mason Mount Actually looks like a decent player, that Yeah, boy. yeah, some boys yeah. lining up, isn't there? Um, he looks handy. Um, who's it scored as well? Because there's another young... Derby went on to win that game 2-1. Uh, I can't quite remember off the top of my head the score is. I will tell you, though, because I have access to uh, that information. Um, there was, it might not have been that game, but there was another game where one of those young English... Uh, Br- Bryson and Marriott were the scorers for Derby. Yeah, wasn't the one I was thinking Basham! Of. Getting the goal for Sheffield United, that can't be Steve Basham. I don't think it's Steve Basham. <laughs> There's no way no. that can be Steve no. Basham. No. Um, yeah, so um, there was... I, th- I think we actually saw... And I, I'm trying to find the stats here, but I think we saw the biggest um, the biggest attendance for a championship game like ever, possibly. Oh, really? Um, I think at the Villa game, because I think Villa had played Leeds. Villa Leeds. played Swansea. Oh, Swansea. Uh, it one. might have been that one, yeah. Biggie. Um, Anyway, so yes, because because obviously there were a lot lot of people went to the championship uh, this week because the Premier League was off. Yeah, so loads sure. of people went out to the championship. Forty one thousand. Fucking hell, Jesus. that is that is a that big is, old yeah, crowd. Yeah, take stuff. take your four games at Reading. But yeah, so no, it was a fairly interesting game uh, across the across the divisions. But uh, I think obviously the the the. The big tick in the box goes next to Macclesfield. They're going to turn their season round and go on a massive charge to the top of the table. Well, now. let's see. The other big tick in the box, of course, for the Royals. And we'll take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll have a chat about that one. Hey, that worldly podcast is great. Um, Where's my money? So, this weekend, every game that you approach when you're playing like shit... Is yeah. a very important game, mm-hmm. and they get built up, and everyone's getting well excited. Like this is the one, this is the one that we're going to win, and we're going to get back on track. Now, we had Millwall at home. Now, Millwall are a disgraceful bunch 
at the best of times. <laughs> I've got and, some stories about Mill while I was coming. I on bet to you them. have. Yeah. And 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 a very satisfying team to beat, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was well up for it. I was like, right, they're going to bring a whole bunch of fans. They're going to fill up the away end. But I know that their team is shit. Yeah. So they might bring all the fans, but we're going to bring the football. <coughs> uh, we didn't bring the football. Uh, well, we did bring football. It was terrible. <laughs> so both teams brought to the table terrible football. It's a good start. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's hard to watch at times, to be perfectly honest. Millwall are a very physical side, obviously. They're getting stuck in. They're, 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 they're big and, and powerful. And they're playing long ball football, pretty much, and looking for knockdowns. Now, this is an excellent tactic against Reading, because we cannot <laughs> win a single ball in any circumstance. I don't think we want a contested header all day, which is just, you know, defensively Jesus. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Matey obviously wins every header he goes for, but... It's it's impossible, and it, you, a better team would have scored five or six against us yeah. in that game. But going back to your stats, uh, from which game was it that had those incredible stats? Uh, Doncaster Gillingham. Yeah, the Doncaster game. So going back to those stats, Reading had a similar set of stats, and it was like, and it well, it was an embarrassment of chances that were missed really by Millwall. So um, during that game, we had. I'm just bringing up all my stats here. Uh, so, it was 51% possession to Reading. Most okay. of that coming after we were ahead in the match, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, Millwall having 27 shots Jesus. to Reading's 10. And had 12 shots on target to Reading's 4. No, I mean, so 12 shots on target. Your, your goalkeepers either had an absolute blinder there, or... They were just like really tame ones that have just dribbled, or they like ricocheted off a defender, but were on target or whatever. Well, so what was the what was the story there? It's a great segue because our goalkeeper played an absolute blinder, and it wasn't Sam Walker or Vita Manone. Okay, because we're down to the bare bones goalkeeping wise with injury at the moment, and it was the guy Ansi Yarkula who has been on our. Like our third keeper under under other keepers, you know, over yeah, time. Yeah. He's been the third guy forever. Really? Got his chance. He only found out the day before he was gonna be playing, or maybe even hours before the kickoff he was gonna play, had a fucking blinder. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. brilliant. He had an absolute blinder. And in the first half, it was a classic like autumn autumn day, very low sun. Sun was right in his eyes. He had to call for a cap after the first ten minutes. Uh, pulled off one of the saves of the season. I expect people will find it on Twitter because it was it was out there. An absolutely incredible uh, falling save. You remember? I've forgotten who the keeper was. Maybe it was a David Seymour, where he's basically already down, and then he has to go back behind himself yep. and claw the ball <clears> away because <throat> he, he claws it out behind him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very. It was sort of similar to that. He was he was going down onto the floor. The header came in and he clawed it away. It was yeah. fantastic. Um, so yeah, he had an absolute blinder. So the, the, the life of a third goalkeeper. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just the strangest thing. <laughs> so you have like so like substitute goalkeepers. You have a, like a mixture of of youngsters who are just kind of proving their worth, just yeah. just kind of getting their eye in. Not everybody can be a David de Gea and start playing for Manchester United at nineteen Absolutely. or whatever the hell, what the hell it was. Um, so you know they they do their work. They put their their hours in, but. And then obviously you get some often some people at the back end of their careers who just kind of they're there as backup, they're a safe, yeah. safe pair of hands because they've they, they've really experienced, but they probably aren't going to be able to make it through a whole season. But then you get this kind of weird little middle ground of of, of goalkeepers who maybe you've been waiting for their chance a little bit too long. Yeah, Yarkler's thirty one years old. That's in that's just he's bizarre. been at Reading for two years and right. he's made six appearances. Bloody hell! I just yeah, don't, it's tough. It is. I mean, like I mean, Simon Eastwood, uh, Oxford goalkeeper, who's 
who's actually, we'll talk about him a bit later because he's just back in, in between the sticks after his horrible finger injury. But he, because um, he, he'd been on the books at Blackburn for like two or three years and possibly even more, like three or four years. And like he had like some really big games for them. But he, after, because he came into Oxford very briefly, like when he was relatively young and then went off and then spent his entire career up until that point effectively being a second keeper yeah. and then eventually just came back down to Oxford and is the greatest goalkeeper on the planet. <laughs> there you go. And like it's just it's just it's just strange, you know? Like, like maybe maybe it suits some some people. Yeah, maybe I, it does. I think it does take a certain type of character to be able to you've got to have a lot of strength of character and you've got to have a lot of self-belief that you that you know I know exactly what I'm doing here. I'm not on the sideline. You know, I'm going to wait for my chance. I'm going yeah. to keep going because it'd be very easy to be complacent. And then when your chance does come, you play like shit because you're not up at that level. Not the case with Yarkalo. He had a fantastic game. So that was brilliant. Uh, but of course, we gave away a lot of chances. But looking at Millwall's previous three games, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'll make them up so it sounds like I know what I I'm like talking it. about. Uh, 64 shots on goal in their last three games, and they've lost all of them, I think. So, Jesus. They're, you know, they're doing something. To be, Some of the shots were very poor, uh, and they're really just a very big physical side that's looking to win battles and take chances. And so we scored an early goal. Uh, the team lineup. <laughs> There's this there's this joke going around that that Clement has a tombola, and he just kind of turns the tombola <laughs> and the team falls out of it randomly, <laughs> and it does feel like that at times because it was a very unexpected uh, lineup. Ezzelahi out uh, injured sadly, uh, so he didn't play. But no Barrow even in the squad, which was a lot of people were happy about because he hasn't really been performing yet. Um, fantastically, he went to Tyler Blackett again. We've been talking about that for ages. Put Blackett back at left back gets Yadon playing in the right back where he deserves to be. So the back four, much better. Okay. Blackett, Ilori, Moore, Yadon. Okay. Much, much better. Uh, the midfield, because of these injuries and no no Salahi, we ended up playing both Swift and Kelly and Bakuna. Risky, because right. you can't really play Kelly and Swift in the same team. Uh, and it didn't work. I was going to say, but maybe you can. No, you cannot. Okay, they, right. they, they did nothing at all. Uh, and Swift, once again, flattered to deceive, lost the ball a lot. He's such a frustrating player because he's, so, he's got so much class, but he's a luxury player. I think he can only play when you're playing Bakuna and Eza in that spot to give him that protection. But the most exciting uh, team selection out of absolutely nowhere, and you'll remember this lad, Gareth McCleary. Yeah, Oxford Ledge. So what's that? So so what's his story then? Uh, he's been out for eight months. Right. He's a classic sick note these days. Right. Um, and now, how I think, old is he now? Yeah, like thirty-two or something. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, and but he's a player that really like is one of the few players at Reading now that he's like he's a Reading guy, you know. Like, although he was obviously started his youth career at Oxford, uh, but I don't think he played any first team games no, for Oxford he didn't, United. No, no. Um, uh, came down and played a lot of games for Reading, and he's just been a club man for a long time. And he's a really nice bloke. Uh, and it was lovely to see him back because eight months at that age is a potential, you know, career ending injury. Yeah, but is, the club yeah. has stuck by him and they brought him back. And you know what? He came on and he just had class from the very first touch. I was like, geez, he looks like the same player. Maybe he doesn't have the pace that he once had. Uh, but 
fantastic. Got down the right, whipped across it, and everyone in the stadium was like, "Doesn't that make it look easy when you when you do that?" And it's it's really interesting when you've. You, I mean, I know Reading is sort of trying to stabilise a little bit, but when, when you've got got a side who have started a season badly, and then you get people like the goalkeeper and like McCleary who have the opportunity to to come into a in, into a team, and is there a, an extra psychological boost for them to think? Because the team's performing badly, I actually genuinely have a chance to stake a claim here. Because it may, it kind of, yeah. you kind of feel like, or maybe it's just compare contrasting because the rest of the team are so shit. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, I, yeah. I think there's, I think there's a bit of both. For Yarkula, I reckon he's thinking none of those guys have set themselves apart. Yeah. If I play a good game, I'm going to get picked. <clears throat> and he also knows that um, that Clement doesn't really. He seems to. You know, he's not really got his favourites, right? He's mixing it up. So if I play a good game, he's probably going to pick me. Yeah. Uh, and McCleary, I think part of that, because McCleary himself said he was surprised to get a call up, right? So he's yeah. been coming back from injury, said I've been fit for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I get the call. I think a lot of that is that Clement's trying to get the fans back as well. Yeah. He's okay. like, this guy's a fan favourite. Let's get him on. Uh, let's get him on. Let's get the- so he got a standing ovation when he came off the pitch. McCleary had a really good game. Came off about seventieth minute or something like that. Uh, but lovely performance from him. And so yeah, so the, the the team worked out quite nicely. Blackett was getting forward. The first goal was a matey header at the near post. Lovely header actually. Blackett gets the ball early down the left, whips in across. Matey on the near post flicks it back post. So he's running across the ball and flicks it back post, which is always a great. Great finish to see. Yeah, uh, he was made up, and it's really good to see his effort turning into goals because the guy put so much work in, you know. And people were mo- moaning because uh, Gourlay gave him a new five-year contract recently, yeah. and he's still a youngster. I think he's only twenty-two. I am all for getting people in contracts, and I understand it costs the club money, but it saves the club money down the line because even if Matey is a is a five hundred thousand pound player or a million pound player or something, let's get that for him. When yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. wants to come in and buy him, yeah. I'd much rather keep these players in contract than yeah. have them going out. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's basic. You you just you get people signed on people who are a potential asset, yeah. a saleable asset. The longer you've got on their their contract, the more money you'll get out of them. Exactly. Simple as that. So I, there was a there was this whole crew of people online who were going, oh, Gourlay handing out contracts left, right, and centre. I was like, the guy's not thirty five; he's twenty two. And this, you know, you know and, and also, yeah, exactly. That is that is a the legitimate investment yeah, because so. because you know it, the worst comes to the worst and, and if they want to get rid of him and he wants to leave you know like it's time for him to go but the, but nobody's prepared to pay you can they they just release the contract they yeah, do that exactly, all the time yeah, so yeah. They, there's absolutely no reason not to put players like that on a contract like that no it's a great shout so and matey had a fantastic game so he got that and he got the third goal as well, totally unmarked free from a corner. Uh, our second goal uh, came from Blackett again, getting forward, got in the box, got taken down for a penalty. And Sam Baldock, it's great to see him on the score sheet. Uh, he was sort of playing wide left, sort of inside forward on the left, smashed his penalty away. And uh, they got a goal, a scrappy goal from a corner. We won 3-1. And it was it was genuinely a great thing to see the team play poorly and win for once. Yeah. Because we've seen them play well and lose. So getting the three points in the bag, especially against another team that's at the bottom of the table... Big, big win. Well, I mean, and and that's important as well, isn't it? It's a psychological boost there because, you know, it's that, that's that footballing cliche that, you know, good teams play badly and lose, uh, sorry, play badly and win. Um, And if you do that against 
a side like Millwall who are struggling, they're obviously creating a lot of chances but can't slip the ball in the back of the net for shit, yeah. that you'll come away from that game thinking we could we could quite easily have lost that game, but we've won it. And you've actually ultimately won that com- quite com- comfortably as well in terms of the you know, yeah. in terms of the goals. So, um, yeah. And once the points are in the bag, no one's taking them off you. No, exactly. They're in the bag. Yeah, that's a, that is a, a legit psychological boost. I want to hear about the Millwall fans, though. <laughs> so... This is actually, I think this is my first experience of seeing the Millwall away fans. Yeah, Um, I think I've seen them away at other grounds, but I don't think I've ever seen them at Reading. Did they do that annoying? They did all of they did all of the fucking terrible chants. Yeah, we are Millwall. We are Millwall. No one likes us. We don't care. Yeah, no one does like you because you're a bunch of absolute bastards. Um, And and there's not a lot of football fans in that crowd. That's what I would say. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people there that are just there to do their Millwall thing. Yeah, because you know, they, they they tried to have this kind of like they tried to have this renaissance about ten or so years ago, where they tried to try to kind of rebadge themselves as a, a family club and right. tried to get rid of the the old guard. Because I think they had the thing with like the the eighties and early nineties hoolies are all now a bit old and can't be asked with that <laughs> shit anymore. Yeah. Um, and they had they had a bit of a, a grace period where there wasn't a new generation coming through, but it, we, we're now seeing this a little bit just a, across. A Across football in general, there's a new generation of young twats. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, when we were up at Millwall, so the season they got me was it couldn't have been like end of, yeah, it must must have been end of last season. Yeah. yeah. Or whenever it was. When did when did they go up last? Yeah, season? they came up this yeah, year. Okay, so yeah, end of last season. They're fucking hell, my brain just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, so we beaten them three nil. I remember that it was their last ho- their last home game of the season, um, and they could have secured the playoffs. Um, on that game they didn't because we twatted them um, but we were in the upper tier behind the goal okay and there was no Oxford fans in the lower tier the lower tier was empty um, and throughout the game a bunch of and I'm going to say 30 to 40 um, kids right and I mean no more than like between ages of between 15 no, thirteen and sixteen, right? Ma- yeah, absolute maximum. Yeah, we're like legging it down to the edge of the stand and giving it large to the oh, Oxford fans, Jesus. and like everyone was just absolutely pissing themselves, it's absolutely so pissing themselves with laughter. As these kids, they obviously wanted to kind of emulate the old boys of the eighties yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, and our weird mill wall, and we're all. The- and it was like it's like your fucking children. Yeah. And there were some, there were some chants about you know, like after you've done your homework, kind of thing, <laughs> like, some of that. Like, but well, it's just whenever you ridiculous. see. Whenever you see fans coming and giving it the big one like that, especially when they're supporting a very poor side, yeah, it is so satisfying to fucking beat them. Yeah, because it was, yeah. they were giving it. They, they bring a they bring a bring away crowd. You know, they bring a great crowd numbers wise, right? Yeah. And they sing and they're louder than the home fans. What a surprise, you know? And so they're giving it all the. This is a library and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Shh, giving it all this stuff. But then when you beat them, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So in the last ten minutes, when it was three-one up, and all of a sudden the running crowd's very lively. You're fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking shit. And that was really winding them up. So then, by the end of the game, they were baying for blood, and they were all pressed up against the stewards yeah. and everything else, and the police. And I was like, "Fucking hell, lads! Come on, is it worth spending this evening?" In a in 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 the in the jail cell in Reading, is it really worth it? You know, I, me- I remember seeing. Fucking I remember hell. seeing. Um, uh, we went to Carlisle in the promotion season, in the, the kind of like towards the end of the promotion season, in some fucking 
dickhead twat Oxford fan um, got chucked out of the ground. I mean, not, nothing for anything serious, just be, being a gobby twat yeah, yeah, to yeah. the stewards. Yeah. Um, and he got himself chucked out of the ground before the game had started. It's like, mate, you've come all the way to <laughs> Carlisle. But there is, there, is a section of, there is a section of any football supporters unit, and, and this is definitely the case with Oxford United, um, where they, it's almost like, it's, it's almost like a, a, a weekly stag do the right. game yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not actually interested in the football no. they, they 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 have all they want to do is they want to be the ones who everybody says oh they're the lads who do the songs and, this. and it's all about show the whole yeah. thing is all about show they they do their little banners and their flags and all of that kind of stuff um and and yeah and like there was like there was one one guy in away game a season or two ago where somebody actually left in the first half because the atmosphere wasn't good enough and in an away game like so why what the fuck <laughs> watch the fucking football yeah isn't that what you're here for yeah and, and they're not and that isn't why they're yeah. there um that was the feeling i got and to be fair i thought reading did a great job of separating them out like we didn't see them at all the home fans like outside the ground i thought yeah. they did a really nice job yeah yeah that. yeah and i mean you know i mean like the police get a lot of flack and they they i think thames valley police can be a bit heavy-handed and stuff but but actually they yeah. do know how to separate and then and, and and i don't know anybody who isn't a knobhead who has ever had difficulty yeah no exactly in this country i mean yeah. like yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't know like abroad but um and that's all the thing I always get is like you see people say, "Oh, the stewards at that place were a nightmare." It's like, really? Because when I came in, they were polite. They said <laughs> yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I asked them where the toilets were, and they pointed me out. And then we kind of said goodbye on the way out. Like they seemed all right to me. I wasn't. <laughs> you, you weren't trying to punch one of their horses. That was well, the that, difference. That, maybe that was the difference. So all in all, a lovely weekend uh, for the Royals and. I was listening to uh, another great football podcast, Football Ramblin, worth listening to. Good podcast. Yep. Uh, and uh, they were talking about this. They had a guy on this week who wrote a book about uh, Carlo Ancelotti. And they just mentioned, they were just talking about him. And they just it just reminded me that Paul Clement, for like, like two or three clubs, was Carlo Ancelotti's guy. You know? Right. Yeah. And it just reminds yeah. me that he can't be a complete idiot. He must have something about him. If Carlo, you know, sees something in Clem, then there must be something in him. So as long as we keep picking up these points here and there, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just whilst we're talking, I'm just bringing up the LBBC player. Oh, is it happening? The, the FA Cup draw is actually the first round draw is actually coming. We're probably going to break in all kinds of licensing by having that. So we're going to turn the volume, <laughs> turn the volume down. down. Um, so, so, well, how does it work? Because I never, I never watch these things. Uh, so this is the first round proper now. So the thing is, there's like 500 yes, bloody teams in yeah. this. It's a nightmare. So, so do they really draw them one at a time, or is it in blocks? Or no, no, they just, it's just, it's just they, they have. I think it's like 70 odd balls in the in the oh, pot. Jesus Christ! And then they pull out. Them one by one. So this is the home team. This is the away. Team. Is this on this the internet the or is this on an actual TV channel? Well, so it's on BBC Two. So is they, it? They've got a TV program. Out. It's Dennis Crikey. Wise and Dion Dublin. <laughs> oh, I love Dion Dublin. And you know what? I was going for. I was at work the other day, and we just popped into like a local deli to get a sandwich. And I looked up on the TV, and you know, because I have a job, I don't get to watch much daytime television. There was Dion on the TV, and I was like, what "Oh the yeah, fuck's he does Dion some TV Homes under the hammer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And he's a TV personality these days. So I don't know. So Oldershot Town have just been pulled out. Oldershot Town are going to play Bradford City. Oh, that's a decent draw for the shots. Yeah, that's Winnable as well. Bradford, yeah, are yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff. Grimsby at home. 
against we're not going to do the whole thing by the way i'm just giving you a little flavor okay. um mk dons so yeah so I, I have no idea if oxford have been drawn out yeah we're number right. 33 we're number ball number 33 but we, what's I, 33 two t- three duck no two ducks uh no that's 22, no, that's 22. i don't know <laughs> i don't know oh, all the, i think it's just all the threes, all the threes 33. 33 okay uh yeah so i've no idea if we can put i'm gonna have a look on, on twitter right. but we'll have a little break and then we'll collect our thoughts and then we can yeah i wanted to before we finish up on reading okay, yeah. i just wanted to mention something that i found out while I was while I was browsing the socials after the match. Turns out, I know that David Myler has been very active on Twitter and he's one of the few Reading players that's been coming out and talking with people on yeah. social media, which is good. Uh, performances on the pitch have been terrible, but, like, good on the socials. But I found out the guy's like a YouTube guy. Oh, is he? He's got a YouTube channel where he plays, where he plays foot champions... If you're well, aware don't of this, I know what that is. Foot champions, you know, well, you know how FIFA is now full of quite esoteric modes. Yeah. Foot champions is one of those ultimate team modes. Right. Okay. I don't know the rules behind it, but I think you basically you only play other people online, and right. you have to play so many games in a week. And at the end of the week, if you play all your games in a new mode, you get loads of packs and you get more players and you do all that stuff. And David Miner has got a YouTube channel where that's what he does. He plays the foot champions and he takes his PlayStation with him and he's playing it in his hotel room while he's away on duty with Ireland or whatever. Okay. And then opening his packs. On, and it was, but it, but it was funny. It's a whole different world. It is a whole it different really world. Is. Being a footballer these days is a whole different yeah. thing. It's probably a lot less boring these days than it used to be. Um, but yeah, and... In this video, he opened some packs, <laughs> like, and I I did love it because I thought, right, he's a he's well, he might not be a celebrity, but he's like a known person, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going to open these packs, and they're going to have amazing players in it, and everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, and they're going to go buy loads of packs, right? Because I figure it, that's how it works. No, he gets absolute shit in the packs, and so this video is just him disappointingly opening FIFA packs, and he like builds it all up, and he's like, oh yeah, we really wanted to get Sandro, we're going to try and get this player in. Let's open him up and see what we've got. And then he opens it up, and he's just like. Oh dear, I don't even know what to say. I was very disappointed. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so sad. So, you know, a little mention there for, for David Myler and his sad pack openings. Oh, that is, that is sad. It is sad. So, any anything, any uh, updates so, yeah, in the Swind- draw? Swindon are at home to York. Okay. Um, Berry are playing Dover Athletic. Apparently, that's just that's just the one that's just. This is out. the least efficient way for people to get these fixtures. I'm oh, just saying. Gillingham just won three. Uh, drew three all against Doncaster Rovers. Three shots on target. Yeah. Three goals. <laughs> yeah. They are at home to Hartlepool. There you go. This probably isn't very interesting. No. Oh no, Oxford United. Oh just hello, hello. Just been drawn at home. Just been drawn at home. That is great news. So Oxford United against number twenty. Forest Green Rovers. Oh, we were talking about yeah. FGR, weren't we? Yeah, so if we draw there, if we draw that, replay FGR, we'll, we'll go we down can there. go off there and do the And eat, eat the vegan pies. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's that a, nice, that a nice little moment. Yeah, that, that I didn't expect that talking. to come up. I was just about to give up on that as well. So. <laughs> well, jolly, jolly good. So Oxford United playing FGI in the first round proper of the FA Cup. Lovely stuff. On that news, we will take a little break and we'll come back with any other business, Andy. Any other business. Robinson here. People tell me this is just a podcast, but it's so much more than that. Right, Andy, let's finish up this week's pod because, I, well, we haven't even talked at all about the Oxford game, but it was a nil nil draw away. Uh, where Bristol were Rovers. you? Bristol Rovers. Yeah, yeah, so I didn't go to the game, wasn't able to go for a number of reasons. Um, probably glad I didn't, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, so I can't talk about the game itself. It was uh, 
I think it was a Taylor two halves job. I think Oxford were much better in the first half. They were much better in the second half. Both goalkeepers played really well. Um, Simon Eastwood is back for Oxford, which is great news because he had a really horrible finger yeah, break, a bone yeah. coming out of the side and all kinds of stuff. And um, they've got, um, Bristol Rovers have got a lad called Jack Bonham, I think it is. He's on loan from Brentford. Bristol Rovers reckon he's the best keeper uh, in League One. Um, I think that's cheating because he's a loanee, whereas we've got the actual best keeper okay. in Logan. Yeah. But anyway, apparently they were they were both really good. Um Bristol Rovers haven't they haven't scored in five hundred and seventy one minutes of football. Oh crikey. Like nearly seven games, I think. That's um, tough. So it's good news that they didn't score against us. Yes. Um uh but so I won't I won't talk in, in great length about that. The in terms of where Oxford are, it, it's not really the you know, last the last last week when we after beating Plymouth, we said yes. I said like we kind of no further forward here yeah. a little bit. We know we because, can beat Plymouth. Yeah, we're not really any further forward. It's just that we have so. But now we're in a position where we've got three clean sheets. Okay, so three clean sheets in a row. We're un, unbeaten in three games. So. And it depends on if you're an optimistic or pessimist, pessimist how you want to spin that, right? Because that's yeah. either green shoots of recovery, we've st- steadied up at the back and we're, you know, we're actually starting to, to get a foothold in this season. Sure. Or you could argue that it's a good result at South End and then we just come up against two really shit teams. Yeah. And yeah. actually then we've got a, t- a, d- a, d- a more difficult game tomorrow evening. It's winnable though, to be fair, but a more difficult game tomorrow evening against Charlton um, away from home. So... Oof. So not much further forward. A couple of things I did want to talk about, though. So um, John Abeka, so he's uh, uh, one of our very few strikers. Yeah. Um, he's on. Uh, we we got him from Swindon over the summer. He um, he's not had a great time of it. Um, no, I had, saw him getting a bit of jip on the tweets. So he so he has now uh, picked up a, in a in a behind closed doors um, under twenty three jobby friendly thing against Swindon. He picked up uh, an anterior cruciate ligament uh, injury. Oh, that's a bad one. And he's out for the season. Oh no. So he's out for the season and his contract ends with Oxford in the summer. So that's probably the last time we'll ever see him play for Oxford. But a bunch of fucking dickheads on uh, on Twitter were actually kind of tweeting him and and basically saying like, like fuck off, bye. Yeah, there's and no like, need for that. There's no need for that. And like the the, the fact the fact is, um, like my, my first point about John Abika is that he's played under two, well, t- two and a half managers, I guess, who have famously failed to get the best out of most of their footballers. Yeah. Um, and he's whenever he's been played, he's been played up front on his own. Um, he's not that kind of striker in any way, sure. shape, or form. And he. He has not been given any kind of opportunity to flourish in this in a system that would suit him. Yeah. He, you know, he's not the world's greatest striker, and I do think probably League One might be a step too high for him. But that is not the point. Um, he's There's no need to, to relish in someone else's fucking physical exactly. pain. Exactly. I mean, this is a, this is a guy. This is a fucking professional guy. Yeah. This is this is a, a bloke like with a family and a house and stuff like that. And it is potentially career ending. That yeah. is because yeah. if he hasn't played any football, he's had a tough time this season. He doesn't play any football for the rest of the season and then in the summer he doesn't get picked up or he gets picked up yeah. by somebody who pays significantly less and this is a guy probably with a mortgage and all of these kinds of things that's fucking bad news yeah. so it's really and, and so I'm really really fucking disappointed in the reaction of a bunch of Oxford fans and I'm really glad actually because a, m- a member of the, the Oxford United Press um, actually 
spoke out on his personal account and actually spoke out about it and said that's not on. Nice. And I like that because he's well respected and I hopefully see some of the, the dickheads saw that and realised actually, yeah, you're right, I wasn't on. But yeah, um, yeah. So that is a shame. So I wish I wish John Abeeker all the best and I hope he can get yeah, back. Fingers crossed. It also has left us with only two recognised strikers in the squad. So Sam Smith's going to get a few games now. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, Jamie Mackey has now firmly planted his foot into the I am your number one striker role now um, despite not really being a striker yeah but he because he's like in a, yeah but he what he's doing is is he's play he's playing central uh, center forward on his own and he's basically battering ram he's, he does work hard that and right. he's battering ram he's pissing yeah. off the center halves and he's doing all of the the you know they call it the dark arts he's going Paul out, dick off yeah exactly that yeah. and so he's doing all the dark arts and stuff like that and disrupting the defenders which yeah. is um which is doing a job, doing a job yeah. exactly. So, so, so he is doing that. That, that. The biggest problem that we have, though, is that Sam Smith is the opposite kind of striker to that. So, if we're playing that system, and then Jamie Mackey comes out, Sam Smith's going to have to go in. He can't yeah. do that job. So, yeah. we need a fucking plan B if, if and when Sam Smith comes. Because also, Jam, there's no way Jamie Mackey is going to be in his current fitness level. There's no yeah. way he's going to be playing ninety minutes every sure. week. Absolutely. But no Sam way. Smith kind of wants it to feature in the channel, doesn't he? he doesn't really, he? Does yeah. So we need to change it up. We need to be able to change our system depending on who that striker is. Anyway, yeah. so that's so that's that's uh, one thing that's worth talking about. Is uh, that is that going to be a thing looking at the loan market in the in the January? Well, no. So, well, I mean, possibly in January. But I mean, we um, we looked at we looked at some players. Um, like some out of contract players, and my brain is completely failing me again. There's a guy who's now playing at Berry, scoring goals left, right, and centre, um, who we had not, who we had an option on. Okay. Um, but I think the chairman or whatever said, no, you've got enough. You can't sign an additional player, and whoever okay. it is, he's now scoring goals left, right, and centre at Berry. Lovely. Um, which is which is a bit disappointing, but you know. They don't have Carl Robinson as a manager. That's why he's scoring loads of goals there. Um, but no, so. Um, so that thing, but uh, another big news, really big news um, from Saturday is is, is uh, Shandon Baptiste uh, dislocated shoulder. Oh, so no. he get he he apparently has a recurring problem with his shoulder just coming out, which is a really <laughs> fucking bad. You don't want that. No, you, you don't really don't. Um, so that happens to him quite a lot, apparently, which is which is unfortunate. Um, oh. Apparently, it happened on Thursday. They were able to pop it back in quite quickly, and then it went down a fairly innocuous challenge on Saturday. And he had to go to hospital. Apparently, it took him forty-five minutes to pop it back in. So oh, he's had to have a scan on it and stuff. So they're Christ. they're kind of he had a scan today. They're waiting to hear, to hear about later in the week what the the situation is with that. So that's that's pretty bad news and a real blow for him, but a massive blow for us. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, Marcus Brown's coming back. Thankfully, Gavin White's obviously knocking around as well. Um. We also had um. Billy Haircut. <laughs> Holmes, Ricky Holmes. Ricky Holmes. Um, Billy Haircut. Um, um, Ricky Holmes is, um, he, he, he was out with a back injury, but he's out like a couple of weeks. So, okay. so nothing serious. But so, so that was so that he didn't play on Saturday. But so, yeah, so kind of mixed news for us uh, this weekend. Um, one other thing that's worthy of note is, yeah. is our next uh, home game is against Shrewsbury Town. I think that's this Saturday. Um, and it is our 125th anniversary dinner. Oh, uh, nice. Spectacular. And they have done a special edition kit. So the old Oxford United Ooh. was like an amber gold colour. Right, so, yeah. so Headington United. Yeah. Like an old amber gold colour. So they've done a, a commemorative kit for this game, right? Which is like a this kind of amber kit with the old Headington United crest on it. Nice. Um, and they're going to play in that. 
I thought, I assume they're going to play in it. Um, and they've done one, they're doing 120, 75 of these things, and it's a special edition thing, and they're selling them Ooh. for 75 quid. Um, in its first come first serve in the club shop on the Saturday, so they're going <laughs> they're going to have a, a massive queue. Although it's all backfired a little bit because um, somebody somebody has found um, on the Puma, who's our uh, our kit kit supplier, has found on the uh, on their website the actual kit itself uh, eight pounds each. <laughs> that is unfortunate, but. To be fair, that I mean, is unfortunate. To be fair, it, it's you know, it's it's just it's just a commemorative thing, yes, right? It's yeah, just a collector's yeah, item. It's that's not. Right. It's not the the idea wasn't that it was going. No, I'm not. I don't, I'm surprised anybody thought that Puma were going to have wheeled out there their key chief designers. Yeah, sure. To come in I mean, it's a nice. It's put, I mean? put a bit of money back in the yeah. club as well, people. Um, Why not? Yeah. So, but I I will not be getting up early. No, because I don't want to spend seventy five quid on an orange t shirt. Sure, <laughs> but but you know it is quite. nice. Hopefully, some people will. I'm yeah. sure they will. It's a I, nice I mean, idea. I think it's a nice idea, and I th- I, th- I think it looks quite smart actually. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of our current kit, and I actually think that looks a little bit nice. There you go. So, yeah, so so that was quite a quite a funny one. Well, that'd but. be quite nice, and so I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode, and we've got a busy busy week coming up. So Reading away at Birmingham, and then away at Swansea. Two very very, very tough games. Yeah, so we've got Charlton Athletic tomorrow evening away, and then I, th- I think Shrewsbury Town at home on Saturday, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> You'll know by the weekend. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think, yeah, I think that's about it for this week. It's been a lovely time as usual, Andy. Um, and everybody should remember to check us out on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all those other places. I can't even... It's WorldyPod. Just look for WorldyPod everywhere or email us at worldypod at gmail.com. Go to Spotify, iTunes, and all those other places. Randy, see you later, mate. Bye. See you. I forgot how we do him, but... Yeah, no, I had as well.